Welcome to Real Estate Rewind, the podcast that takes you back to where it all started. Nick Baldwin talks to top producers from all levels and brokerages in real estate about how they built the businesses they have now and achieved success through failure. Now, here's your host, Nick Baldwin. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Real Estate Rewind, a podcast for real estate agents where we learn from top producers about how they created success while overcoming challenges. Let's get started. I am your host, Nick Baldwin, and today I'm super excited to welcome our very first guest ever. So this is kind of like a guinea pig show. This could go any way. It could go any way, shape, or form. Saria Finkelstein, one of my fabulous friends, she's an amazing agent down in the Fort Lauderdale, Florida area, and Saria is a third-generation realtor. She quickly realized when she got into the family business that she loved working with buyers, which goes against everything we are taught as real estate agents. She wanted to make them her primary focus, and since then, she has sold over 425 homes, with over 80% being strictly buyers. She spent the last eight years documenting all of her successes and failures to create proven systems to train buyer agents around the country. And this year, 2019, she's gonna be releasing a course through Lab Code Agents called Million Dollar Buyer Agent. In 2017, she was named as one of the 30 most influential realtors under the age of 30 in the United States by Realtor Magazine. Saria, thank you so much for being here. It's awesome to have you. I'm so excited to be here, Nick, and I'll be your guinea pig anytime. Let's have oh, some it's fun. Episode, it's episode number one. Who <laughs> knows the way this is going to go, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun. We've spoken numerous times, so I know your story, but I never get bored of, of hearing it. So thanks for being here. No problem. So listen, I know you wore your tiger socks, so today's going to be a lot of fun. I do have my pink zebra <laughs> tiger socks because I was <laughs> spicy this morning, so I'm yes. glad that you noticed. So listen, <laughs> let's get right into it. So Saria, thank you for being here. I'm going to start off with a pretty simple question to get things going. Tell me about why you decided to get into real estate. Honestly, for me, it was a natural thing to get into, but it wasn't because I really wanted to sell houses. I just really wanted to hang out with my Aunt Lori. And she had been in the business already for close to 20 years, and I wanted to just go play with her. So I interned for her throughout college, and I stuffed envelopes and put on stamps and all that. And then I graduated, and I came to her in my first week. I said, so Aunt Lori, how much do I make per week? And she laughed. In my face, Nick. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, um, you make money when you sell a house. That's how it works. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So what was your reaction when she said that to you? It was a bit shocked. I was definitely happy that I still lived with my parents at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just had to learn from there on out. <laughs> so your Aunt Lori's awesome. Um, I think she's fantastic. And... It must have been amazing to have a mentor like her because I had my mother as my mentor and a lot of people don't get that luxury to have an amazing agent mentor them. So what was that like? What did she teach you as you started to get into the business and uh, how did she make it? And what what kind of nuggets were you learning from her as as days and, and months and years went on? You know, honestly, I don't think at the time I even knew how lucky I was because at the time when I joined our team, there were four of us, 
right? Now, fast forward nine years and there's 40 of us. Wow. So, okay, wait. so when you joined your team, there were four agents and now there's 40. Yes. Okay. So how long was she in the business at that point? So she's now in the business almost 22 years. So that was nine years ago. So amazing. Okay. That's math. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'll, I'll do the math on my calculator later. But so, you know, what was it like to learn from her, even though your team was so, so small at that point, what was it like? It was, I, before the term showing agent ever existed, I was her showing agent. I followed her around everywhere. I went to every listing appointment. I did all the showings for her listings. She would have a conversation with the buyer because this was before buyer consults too. find out what they were looking for and I'd start bringing them around town. I made a flat fee for every single sale that happened and she was really ahead of the curve. She was also ahead of the curve of building a team in our area. She was one of the first to really start doing that and a lot of brokerages had a, a problem with it. They weren't happy with it. They couldn't figure out how to make it work. And she bounced around a little bit because it was hard to find someone who would let her build this vision that she had because it didn't exist yet. That's interesting that you bring that up because, uh, and I don't want to make this about me, but I'm going to make it about me for a second. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I joined my mother's team. And when I joined my mother's team, she had one of the first teams. This was 13 years ago. Yeah. Or like team, what is this nonsense? The Baldwin Dream Team, they would make fun of her. And it's funny because I feel like my mom and your aunt were always visionaries, always trying yep. to think, always trying to leverage and grow their business. And now we see teams everywhere, right? It's so cool yep. when you get on board with something that's, you know, something that's that 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 uh forward thinking. Okay, yeah. so so you're starting this team, she was getting a lot of pushback. So what was your first year in the business like and what systems, if any, did you have in place or were you trying to put in place? There were literally no systems, Nick. I mean, when I joined, she didn't have a database. She had been in the business, however many years it was, 12, 18 years, however long. She had been in the business so long already and never, ever built a database. She didn't have any, she didn't have a listing presentation. She still doesn't. She goes and that's how I learned. She goes and she has a conversation and it's about building a relationship. So we were really flying by the seeds of our pants. When I tell you, when I started, literally every morning, her and I would go swim at the pool. We'd swim laps. We'd go to yoga and we'd come to the office at 12 o'clock in our yoga pants and wait for the phone to ring. There was no prospecting. There was no outbound calling, nothing. It was all completely sphere, word of mouth, and advertising, which she's always been very heavy on. Okay, so did the phone ring? Oh, yeah. She built an incredible business selling a few hundred homes a year without systems. Wow. So it was to, to watch it grow. Once we joined a company that was so system-based, it was mind-blowing to realize, okay, we're this isn't a business that we've built. This isn't duplicatable. This isn't scalable. This We need to change. Even to the point where when we first joined the company and people were talking about scripts, right. I was like, I don't need scripts. Right. I'm, I Lori, I'm Lori's niece. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I'm a realtor by blood, right? And It didn't take very long for me to realize how wrong that I was. 
So it was a very interesting first year. We joined that company about six months in and our world got rocked. It was unbelievable. Because you were around people who had systems in place. Right. We, to learn that we had, if, if we had implemented this years before, how much more business we could be doing. If she had a database, her database is so powerful. We still don't have all of those clients from her first 10 right. plus years in the business. You know, so what our business could have looked like at that point. So it was incredible and eye-opening to realize how much she had built without it. And then to open your eyes and realize how much more we could do by implementing these systems was life-changing. And okay. honestly, just been yeah. upward since then. So it's interesting, right? Because she didn't have a database or a CRM, so to speak of. Everything was kind of mm-hmm. word of mouth. Everything was probably written down on, on paper. Things just kind of fell in her lap, right? But then it's like, okay, what if we put systems behind this? We're selling, you know, two, 300 homes by the seat of our pants. If we had systems, we could sell six or 700, right? That's what people don't understand. And sometimes you need that realization, right? So an agent just joined our company and she had been she, just last week. She's uh, did like 19 million last year by herself without an admin. And I'm like, we just need to hire hire you an admin. Could you imagine what you could do with an admin? You'll double, right? People right. Don't think about these systems. It's it's out of control. And then you start to it start you start to realize, and you're like, crap, what was I leaving on the table all this time? Okay, so that's a great story. Let's talk about some challenges that you guys encountered, or you in particular, or you and Lori as a team, that you guys found as you were finding your way and you were implementing these systems. You know, was there A-B testing? Were things not working? You know, what were you learning through finding your way and, and implementing systems? You know, what you realize is that every additional about 100 transactions that you add on, you find cracks systems start to not work anymore. You have to change them. So something that we were always really good about was always pivoting when we saw something that wasn't working, finding another way to make it work. You know, so the first thing that was happening was, you know, I was still very young. I was 23 years old and I had too many buyers. I didn't know what to do with them. I killed it on the phones. Like as soon as I learned those scripts, like it was game on. We practiced them every single day, every morning. And what happened was I was booking so many appointments that I didn't know what to do with them. And I wasn't able to give the service that I was promising because I was running too thin, right? So then I realized it was time for me to hire someone, but I still, I didn't have the income yet to hire someone with a salary. I needed to find a way where I could get help without hurting me and financially. So my first hire was an admin. And I hired her to come in three days a week for three hours a day, simply just to set up my showing appointments. Because I realized I was spending so much time doing that, that that was my excuse for not prospecting, right? So I was the classic agent with the EKG of real estate, right? The one month where you're up, 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 up. And then the next month, down, 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 down. Because the one month where you're killing it, you're getting sale, 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 you're so busy in the busyness of the business that you're not focusing on prospecting and bringing in new business. So the next month you have no prospects left. You have to spend the whole next month building that pipe again. And then what would happen? 
you'd have no sales. And the next month, your pipe would be big. You'd have the sales, but I wouldn't learn. It took me, honestly, close to two and a half, three years to truly get it. That was the biggest fail that I had was not consistently prospecting day after day after day. That is the only thing between me and my goals is sitting in front of enough people. That's it. I can close anybody when they're in front of me. It's just getting enough people to sit in front of me. So you had some trouble wrapping your brain around, okay, you're going to bring this hire in, right? Right. How much is this hire going to cost me? Yeah. A lot of people think, is the high, am I going to have enough work for the hire? Right. Um, but you'd be surprised. Like, let's talk about a showing assistant for a minute, right? Yeah. Well, you hired an admin first. So your admin, your, your admin, did your admin set appointment, like set showing appointments for you? Is yeah, she set up the showing appointments. I set all the consults. Okay, so right. So if you're if you're showing how many at this point, how many buyers a day or a week were you meeting and showing homes to? I mean, I was burning the wick at both ends, like I'm sure all of you guys do. I'd be starting first thing in the morning and I wouldn't be finishing until eight o'clock at night because everyone wanted to go out after five o'clock. So I'd have one client that I'd be showing from 5 to 6.30. I'd have another client that I'm showing one house to at 6.45. And then another client that I'm meeting at 7.15. So, so how, many homes, how many homes a day you think that would be like on a busy day? On a busy day, I could yeah. show anywhere from 15 to 30 homes. Okay. So let's just say you have to schedule 30 showings, right? That is coordinate time, all of them. Right. But that's time that you could be on the phones building your pipeline. And now you have this admin who's setting the appointments for you. People underestimate how important that is. You're getting like yep. two, at least two hours of your time back to be on the phone to set appointments. Okay. So exactly. hire, so was hire an admin, yep. get your admin invested in, in your business and helping and help you with crap like that. Take that stuff off your plate. So you can, your job is to go on appointments. That's your job. Right. Right. So you hired the admin and then yep. you, 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 was there, was there anything in that hire? Did you go through a few of them? Did you learn anything along the way of like, this was a bad hire. I should do this better next time. What was the hiring I, process like? Honestly, I got very lucky. Okay. I called someone who I had known for years. She was drunk at a tequila bar. Oh, and we love, we I love was like, yeah. Janice, I need your help. I need your help. I need you to just come into the office a couple days a week. Like, we'll work it out. We'll find a way for it to, for me to pay you. Like, we'll work it out. I just need help. She was like, okay, I'll be there. See you Monday. Like, that was literally the hiring process. Love so, it. So, <laughs> fail your way forward. Now, don't try that at home, people. Don't, don't try, try that at home, kids. That is not. Okay. She just <laughs> Now, I lucked out big time. She was with me for four years. Wow. Four years. She was incredible, you know, so, and her role over time grew and she went to five days a week, three hours a day, and then it became 40 hours a week. And then she became a full-time salaried employee with benefits. So her role grew over time. Okay. So then was your next hire the showing assistant? So the next thing that happened was I real, again, something wasn't working. I wasn't able to give the service. So I knew that I needed the showing agent but I wasn't ready and I didn't feel that I had enough business to support my own personal show. Well, what wasn't working? I wasn't able to get clients into the houses on their schedule. And I wasn't able to get them in before the properties went pending. The market was so hot and my clients were missing out 
because I couldn't get them in to see the house. That's my bad. That's not them. That's me. So I had to find a way. Right. So I wasn't, I, I didn't feel strong enough because again, I was still in that EKG of real estate where I'd have a good month and a bad month. I didn't feel it was right for me to bring someone on as my personal showing agent who would be expecting my business to feed their kids or their family or whatever it was. I needed to know that my business was solid enough before I took that step. So instead, what we did is we found a pool of agents who were newer agents in our office who weren't, didn't have money coming in and they needed to learn, right? So we made it a win-win. It was always about finding a way where it was a win for both sides. And so we created this pool where they could make money for every house that they showed. And then they got a bonus at closing if they showed the house that everyone bought, right? So then I had another failure because they weren't going for the close because they kept making money for every house that they showed, right? So then I had to find another way to pivot. Okay, so you were paying them by the hour? No, by the door. Okay. Every door they opened. So you're paying them, (laughs) right? Yeah. So they're like, we're making another 50 bucks and show five more homes. I gotcha. (laughs) Really like an honor system. Right. I gotcha. Hey, can you blame them? No, but like- No, I couldn't. I couldn't blame them. So then I said, okay, what can I do? How can I change this so that I still don't have my one person, but I can make this a win-win? So I always, always, always love teaching. That is my sweet spot. I love doing it. So I was like, okay, I can find a way to make this so it's an educational win for them. So then I made it for whoever was the one who showed the client the house that they bought. They would have the opportunity to be copied on every email throughout the transaction. They could listen in on the phone when I called the realtor, when I called the client, all the negotiations so that they could really learn what it was like for a real estate transaction from start to finish, because a lot of them had never done it, mm-hmm. right? So then they were all dying to be the one who showed the house that they bought because they wanted that one-on-one time. So that was how I combated that. And then again, at some point, it didn't work anymore. The clients were seeing too many different people. Every mm-hmm. time they went out, it was a different person. They didn't have that relationship. It was very challenging, right? So I had to find another way. So that's when I started looking for my personal showing agent. And I had some bad failures there. <laughs> okay, cool. We're talk about those. But this is, yeah. <laughs> this is such a cool story because you're, you're continuously like evolving and adapting. Yep. And it's funny because, you know, what do a lot of Asians say? Well, this is, this is how I've always done it. This is the right. way it's always been done. Right. But, you know, I think the ones that, we'll take my mom, for instance. My mom's 70 years old and her team did $44 million last year. And that's because my mom is always adapting and always trying new things. And so the agents that are doing that, like you, are going to be around for a really long time. Okay, so you kept finding ways to improve when you hit ceilings or you needed to change some systems up. Okay, so you got a permanent showing agent is instead of bringing agents from your office to right. like do random showings. Okay. Now I still do use that pool when I'm in a bind right. because my you showing is sure. in some places, you know. But. Maybe once in a while, but you wanted someone that right. would be a familiar face. Okay, exactly. so how did that go? You said that you had some challenges there. You know, I didn't learn the hiring process because the first time I hired, it wasn't the normal way. Right. Right. So you know, you I had one. Oh, I lo- she's right. so cool. I, she's just like me. yeah. <laughs> So I hired one girl who one of the guys on my team had met on J-Date, 
And she came in and on her first day at lunch, Wait, she what? left and never came back. Hold yeah, on. you heard me. <laughs> Go, just in case, because I heard you met, you hired someone on J-Day. Was that not yes. correct? Okay. Yep. Not, not the way to go. Don't do that. It didn't work. Their relationship didn't work. I don't know why I thought that meant I could hire okay. them, but I okay. did. Okay. And the first day she left at lunch and never came back. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, so we had, I had a couple where, you know, it was more on my terms. We'd start off the first few days and I'd be like, you know what? This person isn't learning based. Because what you find, the more interviews that you do, They'll say anything that they you want to hear in that interview. But realistically, I so, so, so believe that until you put them in the job, you have no clue no if clue. it's going to work. Some no people are really good interviewers. Yep, really good. I got bamboozled. I was catfished. They'll say whatever you want them to say. In an exactly. Oh, it says here that you are, you're a horseback rider and you play the violin and you're fluent in nine languages. That's really impressive. Um, you can be anyone you want in an interview. Yeah. Um, cool. So that's interesting. So you found someone permanent, which is great. Okay. So lots of struggles and failures along the way that we're learning here. When did you start growing your team? Because I know you have a team within your aunt's team. When did that start to grow? And when did you start to realize that buyers was your passion? Working with buyers was your passion? Honestly, the buyer thing was within the first year. I quickly realized that I loved giving the key as opposed to taking it away. I love the relationship of the buyer versus the seller. Cause you know, the seller, they always, no matter how much you do for them, they always feel that it's expected that that's what you are supposed to do because they're paying you a boatload of money. Right. Right. With a buyer, everything it's hard they to go do, like above it. You can go right. above and beyond, but it's hard to have them realize. Appreciate it. Gotcha. Okay. Right. But with a buyer, right. Other than the, the flat fee commission that we charge, they really aren't paying you that much money. So for them, everything that you do that's over and above, they are so grateful. They're so thankful and they just pour love on you. And I love love. So for me, it was a better relationship. So I love that. And do you tend to work with mostly first-time buyers, second-time buyers? Because I know you have a lot of repeat and referral. um, Yeah. It, well, it's changed. You know, in the beginning, yeah. it was a lot of first-time homebuyers. Now I've got a lot of my clients who are now selling and becoming second-time homebuyers. Right. So my listing business is naturally growing organically because now I've been in the business almost nine years and those people are now selling their homes. Cool. So uh, I know like your buyer consult is yeah. one of your prized possessions. Yes, it is. Um, and a, a lot of people have watched the YouTube video, but you've really nailed it, right? So tell us the evolution of your buyer consult and why is it so different than what, first of all, any agents really, most agents, let's be honest, most agents aren't doing a buyer consult. Right. So tell me about the evolution of your buyer consult and what's so great and, and special about it. Like why, like why is your buyer consult so great, Surya? Like, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, I started off just like everybody else and I use this script on my clients, but this is the reality. I always say to them, listen, most realtors, they're just going to ask you three questions. What city do you want to be in? How many bedrooms and bathrooms are you looking for? And what's the ideal price range? And if it were just about those three things, you'd go type that in on Zillow and you'd buy the first house that came up. 
But can we agree, Nick, that it's about more than those three things? We can definitely agree. (laughs) Well, what we've found is that we really believe in the consultative approach. And I'd rather ask you 500 questions and show you five homes than ask you five questions and show you 500 homes. Saving Mm. time is important to you, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Exactly. Well, I want to start saving you time right away. I'll keep going and going and going. But that was the reality. You just just tricked me into (laughs) role playing. I did. I did. (laughs) It was, but that was what it was. It started off by me just asking them, okay, what, where do you want to be? What price range, blah, blah, blah. And I was running people around town and they were running the show and I was showing people 15, Mm -hmm. 20, 30 homes. And I started hearing about buyer consults and I was like, there's gotta be a better way. There's got to be a better way. There's got to, right? Let's just do the rest of the podcast in a British accent. Okay, so there's got to be a better way. True. So, you know, it over time, then it started with a little bit of a sit-down meeting just before we went to go see homes, right? Mm -hmm. And then it was, at that point, it was just a property search. It wasn't anything more than that. We would just set up a search on the MLS together, right? And then every time that we would, I, I would realize there was another hole. I'd find another way to make it better. Right. And what I realized was that the goal of the buyer consult wasn't to be a pain in the neck to the client. It wasn't to waste anybody's time. It wasn't because I wanted to sing kumbaya with them. It was for me to set expectations. It was for me to keep more of my deals together, Mm -hmm. right? Because the more deals you start doing, the more fallout you see happen right? It's just natural. It's numbers. But I wanted to find a way to lower that number because Mm -hmm. I'm not good with deals falling out. No. And what I realized was that many times when the deal was falling out, it was because of BS during the inspections that they should have been okay with those things. And that's not something that should have made this deal fall apart. But again, it was my bad because I didn't set the expectation. Right. So you're basically in the consult, you're going through every part of the deal you're asking, you know, what to expect, what an inspection is for, what an, what happens during an appraiser appraisal. And it's interesting because so many agents want to compare themselves to doctors and right. attorneys, right? But what do doctors and attorneys do? They have consultations. You don't just yep. go to the doctor and they go, hey, take all this medication and I'm sure one of them is going to work. You know, <laughs> uh, let's cut you open and we'll find out what's wrong with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, you don't just go to trial without telling the attorney your story. It's the same thing. Same These people thing. are buying the most expensive thing they're ever going to buy in their life. And yeah. unfortunately, it's not the buyer's fault that the consult has in their minds become a pain in the neck right. because they want to get into a house. So it's your job. And they feel like, oh God, I got to like talk to this agent for an hour. Right. And I just want to see this house. If you say the right thing and you make them know that it's about them, saving them time, getting them into the right properties, it's, if, you, if you approach it the right way, they're going to go for it. One, like one, of my, one of my favorite things that you, that you say is talking about deal breakers, right? And you go, give me five things that you, know, that, that you absolutely don't want in the house no matter what. And they, they, write, they name them, right? And you're like, oh, it says here um, that you don't want carpet. Okay, but you want, let's say I find you a house that has carpet in, in the bedrooms, but it's literally got everything else you want. Should I not show you that home? No, no, you should definitely show it to me. Okay, so carpet's not a deal breaker. You need to get in front of that stuff because how many yeah. times have we 
had a buyer send us a house and they go, how come you didn't show me this? Right. And it's nothing like what they told you they wanted. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that's a way to make sure that doesn't happen because they're going to be like, what other houses am I missing? Right. You know? you know, and then my, I got so excited about the consult that I was like finding all these different things and adding things and adding things. And soon my consult was over three hours long. Another oh big fan. <laughs> it was so long. Oh my gosh. I can watch Avengers Endgame instead of going to consult. <laughs> Exactly. Right. So then I had to be more excited. Right. Every couple of months I look back and like, okay, what can I take out? What is no longer relevant? Right. So it's always inspecting what you expect, always looking back and seeing, is this still relevant to this market? Because the market's constantly changing Mm -hmm. and making sure that it's always every single part of it is something that they're going to get something out of. And there's a reason for it. Not just to hear myself talk, because in the beginning I talked too much. It was too much about me. I'd spend 10 minutes telling them about everything I did and everything our team did. They don't give a crap about me. They don't care how many houses I sold. Right, exactly. They can hear all about me right here. (laughs) But, you know, so it's evolved over time and then it got shorter and it just... It's still, even the last one that I recorded live that's on YouTube is from 2017. And there's things that are different now than there were then. Mm -hmm. Always make sure that you are looking at what you're doing and you're reevaluating to make sure it's still relevant. Love it. All right. So we're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but I want to know, I mean, we kind of covered this. What... Okay, what systems are you leveraging in terms of technology? Where are these where are these where are these buyer opportunities coming from for the most part? Uh, and how are you, you know, what's your lead generation process look like, you know, and when do you do that? So that's a loaded question. Technology, yeah. <laughs> where do the opportunities come from and what's your lead generation look like to set these appointments? Okay, so you might have to remind me parts of that question. Okay, but- first question <laughs> The technology. technology. What type of technology systems am I using? Um, so we use Boomtown. That's our CRM that you, we use. We've had it almost nine years now. Wow. I, almost eight. We were one of the first to have it. And I remember when we first got it and Lori came to us so excited and she was like, guys, we have this program that now I'm going to be able to tell how long it took you to call a lead, how many <laughs> times you call them and text them. And we're all like, OF, this is probably... Right. She used to every day print out the paper showing the average amount of time it took us to respond to a lead, how many people we called. And it was like on blast every day. Oh my God. It was awful. Oh, that would just, that's just giving me anxiety Uh, right now. uh, Right. So we, that started and that was the, the first, that's the CRM that we use. As far as other technology, I'm a little techie. I'm not super techie. I have a couple apps that I really love. Uh, Waze, first of all, I have no idea where I'm going ever. Mm -hmm. So, Ways gets me everywhere I need to go. But TimeHop is one of my favorites. If you don't use TimeHop, it shows you anything that you ever took pictures of or posted on any social media in the years past on that day. So how does that relate to real estate? It reminds me when my clients had a closing, right? Okay, so it's additional content. Yeah, you, that's that's an awesome... Okay, perfect. I love this because it, it'll... You take pictures of your clients when they close on home. Yep. Yep. And so, so when that shows up, you share that with them. I share it with them or, you know, a lot of people with social media, their whole gripe is that 
They don't know what to post. They don't have the content. That is easy content. People love to see people at closings. People are always happy at closings. So it doesn't matter if it's the day they closed or a year later, you can post happy home anniversary to some of my favorite clients, blah, blah, blah. So I love, love time hop. Um, And then another one I like is scheduled. So you can schedule text message to text them automatically on their home anniversary, on their no, birthday. Stop it. Even with I. Oh, oh, yeah, baby. Oh, <laughs> take away from the webinar. I'm sorry to all of Nick's friends and clients. Scheduled. How do you like schedule to add an E at the end is like techie. Right. Scheduled. It's yeah. like S-C-H-E-D-U-L-D probably, right? Nope. E-D, close. Oh, so they spell it right. Okay. That's spelled exactly the same. Sometimes it's techie stuff. Um, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. I noticed, yep. uh, so a lot of people will be like, there's no way. Uh, by the way, Saria will sh- will sell 80, about 80 homes to buyers this year, and she won't show any of those homes to them. And there's a lot of limiting belief from other agents when it comes to that. She meets her buyers twice at the consult and the closing, and it took years and years and years to perfect this, and it can be done. So don't say that it won't. Well, let me interrupt you because what I want them to know is that the reason it took me years and years is because no one had done it. There were no systems, right? I wasn't able to just talk to someone, ask them what was working, what didn't work. I had to fail and fall on my face over and over, Mm -hmm. which is why we built this course, Nick, which is why after we did our first interview, you came to me and were like, people to know about this. So, you know, it's two years to put it together, to get it ready to, uh, and I'm so, so excited to see how many people's lives are going to change. The class that we're talking about is a class that Saria has been working on for lab code agents and it's called the million dollar buyer agent. And I talked about it in the beginning of the podcast and that's going to be ready to, um, we're going to start, we're going to start getting the signups for that probably in the next 30 days or so, but it's basically going to be, what is it? Six or seven modules. It's seven modules and you're going to learn everything from how to find leads, how to build a prospecting portfolio, mm-hmm. what to do with them when you get them, how to write an offer that gets accepted, how yeah. to run the showing model, how to build leverage, everything. Yeah. So I noticed, uh, where do your leads come from? They come from the internet or then they come from sphere of influence? Internet sphere. And I'm big on open house. Okay. So open house. So I'm glad you brought that up before we wrap up. I saw a post that you made the other day, how you closed on a sale from, and their buyers that you met a year ago at an open house, right? Was it a year ago? I met them a year ago. We had, you know, I, they were working with another realtor at the time and I gave them their space. They were happy. And when they were ready, when they saw a house uh, a month ago that they were interested in, they called me. I was out of town. I was in Alaska for for a two-week vacation. Oh, that's when you were on a cruise in Alaska. My showing showing agent ran my business for two weeks. My phone was forwarded to her. I didn't check any emails, nothing, okay? And she sold seven homes while I was gone. Stop. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Oh my God. We can right? probably just do a webinar at Saria every week. <laughs> you know I mean? um, but so, you know, they called, it was this one house that they were interested in. She took them to see it. They bought the house. I didn't do, I didn't even do a buyer consult with them because we didn't even get to that point. And so the next time I saw them was at the closing. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> And just so you guys know, you know, Saria, look, it, she did this. No one else was doing it. She figured it out. And it's there for you guys to to do, right? Through this course, you can watch her her YouTube video on her consultation. 
but it took a lot of it took a lot of perfecting. And so she's also the most positively reviewed realtor on Yelp in her market. So even even the fact that she's meeting her clients at the consult and at the closing, they're still giving her rave reviews and they're still sending her referrals and giving her repeat business because it's all about the customer service and the red carpet. And the the realtor doesn't have to be there to open the door. As long as they're still invested in the sale and the people become familiar with your team and they're treated the right way, you know, they're going to come back and they're not going to care that you're not there with them. Every right. Five and we'll get more into that in the course so that you truly understand how to present it to your clients so that it's an advantage to them and all of that stuff. But truly it is the best thing that you could do for your clients, mm-hmm. for your business and for your life. I've never worked less and I've never made more. Whoa, that's so good. That should be on a t-shirt. I mean, we might as well just stop right here, Nick. (laughs) We're done. I'm just going to quit. So listen, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being on my very first podcast, Real Estate Rewind. I think it went rather well. I, I hope so. Hopefully you had the mic on and it actually recorded. That's oh the only gosh, way. I forgot to press start. <laughs> uh, that would have been the worst. All right. Listen, guys, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rewind. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure wherever you're listening to this on Spotify, on iTunes, hit the subscribe button so you get all the notifications when new episodes go live. We're going to be talking to some crazy, awesome mega agents, and we're going to learn how they failed their way to success, just like Surya. Listen, everyone starts off a complete mess, basically, (laughs) (laughs) and nothing is ever perfect, and you're always trying to perfect your systems and models, but luckily, when people like Surya, who have figured it out for you, they were so nice enough to do it for us, and now we can You're welcome, everybody. (laughs) So, yeah. So let's give her a big thank you for that. Surya, where can people reach you if they want to ask you some further questions or if they want some information about million dollar buyer agent, where can they reach you? Reach out to me on Facebook. I'm pretty sure you won't find another Surya Finkelstein. So if you search my name, you'll find me. (laughs) So Facebook, can you want to give them like an email address? Yeah. So you can reach me at Surya at laurireader.com. And Surya is like Maria with an S. Yeah. So if you want to be on the wait list for the buyer class, email her and she'll throw you in on the list and you'll get notified for when uh, the sales start and it'll be a lot of fun. All right, Saria, thank you so much. I know you got to go back to playing with your dog, your new puppy. My new puppy. And uh, (laughs) I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Nick. Have a great night. All right. Bye-bye. Hope you like this week's show. Feel free to share it with anyone looking to improve their career and their bottom line as a real estate agent. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes are posted. Real Estate Rewind with Nick Baldwin. Real Estate Unwound.